You were never meant to create this way. Caged by shame that whispers, you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, you will never be successful. No, you were born to create with wild and abundant joy, with reckless abandon, unfettered feeling, and the easy piece of unshakable assurance. Here at Wildmaking, we're reclaiming this birthright together, untaming our art and rewilding our relationships with our creative work. I'm your host, author and creative wellness coach, Kristen Kiefer. Let's get started. Hello, creatives. This week, I would love to chat with you about the life-changing power of making cringy art. I find this such an important topic to talk about because nobody likes to make art that they look back on and cringe at, right? As a creative myself, this is something I've often experienced. I have looked back at my past art and I have cringed at it. And I've also looked at the art that I made like yesterday (laughs) and really had a oof kind of moment, right? And as a creative coach, this is also something that I see a lot from other creatives. This concept of feeling really embarrassed by what we have created. And When we feel embarrassed by what we've created, when we look on it and cringe at it, we often create for ourselves a quite demeaning and demoralizing sort of energy, right? We look back on our art that we have created and we find shame in it. And shame, as we've talked at length about on this podcast and will continue to do so, is not conducive to successful creative work. It's not conducive to cultivating the type of mindset that makes us love the creative lives that we are leading. And so if cringe is, if if when we cringe at our art, we are looking at our art with shame, then it's important that we talk about how to stop cringing at our art and reframe that embarrassment that we feel, reframe the way that we are looking back on the art that we have created in a different light so that we can start creating with greater joy and with creator, with, with creator. That's a great word. That's not a real word at all, Kristen. So that we can start creating with more joy and with more fulfillment and with more pride in what we have created, regardless of its quality. So when we look at the concept of cringing at our art, there are really two things that the experience of cringe can reveal to us. And the first is that when we cringe at our art, we are judging our art. We are passing judgment, not like, oh, I judge that the weather is nice today, right? This is not pleasant judgment. This is quite cruel judgment upon our art. We are saying, what I created is really not good enough And usually when we are saying that about our art and we are cringing at it, we are also making that judgment very personal. We are allowing it to turn into a shaming narrative, which looks like saying, you know, what I made was really crappy. It really sucked. And that means that I'm crappy. I suck as an artist. I'm terrible at this, right? And that's a sort of shaming narrative that comes in and says, what you created isn't good enough. Therefore, you aren't good enough and you should probably just not do this anymore. That's where all of that demoralization comes in and cringing at our art can become quite a difficult experience to have. 
So if we're going to stop looking back on our work with shame, then we need to ask ourselves exactly what judgment we are making about our creative work and why we think it's okay to pass that judgment, right? Why do we think it's okay to look at the work we created yesterday and go, that's not good enough. That really sucks. That's awful. I must be awful. I must suck. Why is that the kind of default narrative that we find ourselves running into. It's important that we also take a moment to kind of look at that narrative that's running through our heads and recognize just how, I mean, I don't use this, I don't want to use this word lightly, but how abusive it is, right? How cruel and demeaning it is to ourselves. Why is it that the work that we created yesterday we judge to be lesser than, and therefore that must mean that everything we create is lesser than, and that we are lesser than artists. The kind of mental reframe that I want to offer you here is that you can look back on your art and recognize that it is not the quality that you would create today, or it is not the quality that you would like to create moving forward, And instead of judging that and shaming that, you can instead use that as a learning opportunity or a moment to be proud of how far you've come, right? So if you are looking back at art that you created 10 years ago and thinking, wow, that is incredibly cringy, I really sucked back then, you can take that judgment off of that art you created 10 years ago and instead look back at it and go, wow, I've really come so far since I've created that. I am so proud of the work that I've put in to become a better artist, right? Looking back on old work and recognizing that it isn't the quality that you would create today can be an incredible moment of pride and celebration for yourself, rather than this judgment that so many of us are so quick to tap into. And if the art that you're cringing at is the art that you made yesterday or last week or this morning, well, that's an opportunity to kind of reframe your thoughts as well. If you are looking at yesterday's artwork and going, that really sucks. Why am I so awful? I would encourage you first and foremost to zoom out, right? Most creative projects are not kind of a one and done deal where you make it in one day and it's finished, right? Most creative projects are revised. Most creative projects go through multiple iterations before they reach their final form. So if you created something yesterday that really didn't feel all that great, that really, you know, isn't the quality that you want to produce, that's okay. It's just one version. It's just one iteration, one draft. And you can use that draft, that iteration, to understand how you want to improve the quality of your art during the next draft during the next iteration, right? No big deal. You just found out how you didn't want to make a thing or you discovered how you want to make a thing a little bit better before you share it with the world. That's the creative process. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in writing a shitty first draft or sketching something where the proportions are all wrong or something else has gone amiss. That's just part of the creative process. The creative process is messy, and you are allowed to create messy art in the process of learning how to create excellent art. Again, there does not have to be a single shred of shame in that. And so to summarize the first way that experiencing a little bit of cringe in the face of your artwork, uh, you know, what that experience can reveal to you, if it's artwork you made in the past, 
let this be a moment to be proud of how far you've come rather than to judge and shame your past self for what they created. And if it's art that created yesterday, allow yourself to make messy art and use messy art as a learning opportunity. Again, the creative process is messy and there's always something you can learn from it to improve the next draft or to improve the next project and all of the projects to come. So put yourself in that sort of attitude and be willing to be learning, be willing to be growing, be willing to be making messy art in order to earn the excellence that you crave, right? I sent out a newsletter a few weeks ago that talked all about how awkwardness is the price that you pay for excellence. If you let yourself create awkward art and make piles and piles and piles of it, excellence is coming your way in time. Now, the second thing that cringing at our art can reveal to us, which is kind of exciting and a a lot more positive, is that you have good taste, right? So if you are, say for example, if you are a romance author and you are cringing at thrillers because you think that they're stupid or something of that nature, that's not good taste. That's just more judgment, right? But if you are looking at the romance book that you just finished drafting and you are cringing at it because you know that it's not really up to par with the type of romance novel that you want to create, Congratulations! That means that you have excellent taste. That means that you know what an excellent romance book looks like and that you're just not quite there yet. That you just haven't leveled up your draft or leveled up your skill to that point yet. No judgment needs to be involved here. In fact, there's a lot of pride that you can take in knowing that you know what good story structure looks like in this example, right? That you know what a good romance trope, um, you know, well executed looks like. There can be a lot of pride in the fact that you have a critical eye that you are able to use to analyze the work that you have produced and to use that analyzation in your next draft to level up or in your next project to level up, right? It circles right back on around to this concept of using what we know to be less than the quality that we want to produce as an opportunity to learn how to produce the quality that we want to produce. If you read your dialogue in your latest, you know, novel draft and you go, oof, like that is really unrealistic and not very true to my characters, then you can use that as an opportunity to ask yourself, okay, I know this dialogue really isn't ringing true to the characters and it really doesn't feel very realistic. So what can I do to make it realistic? Do I need to read a few articles about how to craft realistic dialogue? Do I need to take a step back and really get into the minds of my characters a bit more because I don't actually know them as well as I thought I did and that's why their dialogue feels kind of bland, right? You can identify what exactly the issue is in terms of quality and the steps that you can take to be learning, to learn how to improve, to learn how to level up and start, start, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of decreasing that gap between where you are and what you're currently creating and where you want to be because you have good taste and you know what you want to create. All you need to bridge that gap between where you are and where you want to be is a little bit of time, 
a little bit of effort, and the belief that you are capable of leveling up. And so you can look at the art that you are creating, know that it is not the level of art that you want to be creating, and not look upon it with judgment. Right? Instead, you can simply look upon it as part of the process of becoming the creator that you want to be, as part of the process of creating the art that you want to create. That's it. That's pretty much the entirety of this message that I wanted to share with you today. Start making cringy art, by which I simply mean start making messy, imperfect art with fervor, right? Start embracing the incredible power of making art that you know isn't perfect, that you know needs to be leveled up, that you know is a bit awkward, that you know needs work, and make that art without any judgment. Make that art because you know it is, that they are the building blocks of this incredible excellence that you are one day going to achieve. It's all part of the process, okay? I can't wait to see what you create this week, and of course, in all the many weeks of your creative journey to come. I'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to today's Wild Making. If this episode felt like coming home to yourself as an artist or a maker, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing to help this podcast reach a wider audience of creatives like yourself. And for more on untaming your art, be sure to check out my current coaching offers and subscribe to receive weekly wisdom-packed emails in your inbox for free at kristinkiefer.co. Cool? Until next time, shine on, my friend.